The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. You can think of us as the Tom Clickio and Padma Lakshmi of gaming podcasts. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and still to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I am one of your hosts, Kyle, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who gives tough critiques but forces me to deliver the bad news. Josh, how's it going this evening? I am tired. How are you? But you're here. But I'm, I'm here. I'm also tired. <laughs> uh, I'm also tired. I've, it's been a long time since I've uh, watched... Um, it's Top Chef, right? That is Top Chef. Yeah. Nice work. Who gives the bad news? Oh, Padma. Padma always has... Oh, I don't want to be Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you... He's won like five James Beard Awards. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I'm yeah. more attracted to Padma. <laughs> Well, that's fine. You can still look at Padma if you're not her. But if I'm her, I can look at me all the time. <laughs> that's true, I guess. That's true. I really thought the episode with her on Ugly Delicious mm. was very interesting. Yeah, it was interesting. So, but yeah. So how are things going in the the COVID world and our in the life that we're living right now? Well, we're still at a steady increase every day of <laughs> problems. So, uh, yeah, you know, that's always fun. Just trying to to you know do my best to keep on going but it's not easy you know so i no i hear you um i had a glimmer of good news today and i don't know if this is just you know luck i don't know if this will continue but i had to do some shopping today Mm -hmm. so did some place some orders ahead of time so i could just pick them up at like customer service at the places i was going to try to reduce my time there as much as possible one of those places I had to go was Target because I could. I looked at my grocery store and I looked at a whole bunch of other places and they did not have this particular food thing I was looking for, but Target had it. So I ordered it from Target. When I got to Target, Josh, people were just walking out with toilet paper. Oh. And I, I was like, what? <laughs> so then I went into my Target and I walked over to, and they had toilet paper. Now, granted, it was limited to, to one package per person. And it's not like the, the shelves were stocked full. Right. But it was like two in the afternoon and they still had toilet paper that's good i know so i was like maybe maybe we were turning a corner (laughs) well i don't want to (laughs) shut your light down so i won't say anything negative i'm sure you can i hope that you're right i hope that it wasn't a fluke and i hope (laughs) that we continue on that trend (laughs) Uh, I did. I was listening to a uh, another gaming podcast who and one of their listeners had said that uh, they work at a food distribution warehouse and they said that right now they're working sixty to seventy hours a week. Yeah, that's insane. Trying to get food distributed. So I mean, people are trying. People are doing their best. And there's people like that who, you know, probably no one's really thinking too much about. Who it's. I'm like, I'm very thankful that people are committed and dedicated to the work that they do. And I I totally am someone who don't does not think that. Uh, you know, our employers should take advantage of people, but I do appreciate when someone recognizes that the job they're doing is for the greater good and that even though it sucks right now, um, they understand the importance of it. So, 
yeah. thank you to that person and anyone else in jobs like that where you don't feel like you're getting thanked for the work that you're doing, no matter how important it is. Mm-hmm. So awesome. Anything else you want to talk about before we jump into the show and stuff? Oh, I don't know. You know, <laughs> no, just uh, if you're out there and you're struggling or whatever, just shoot us a tweet and we'll, uh, That's right. we'll chat with you. We absolutely will. And I say this every time. Well, not every time, but when I always, every time I do say this, it never works out. I think we might have a shorter show today. We'll see what happens. <laughs> After last week's oh boy. <laughs> uh, marathon uh, with You with thought our you guest, would just jinx it. <laughs> well, you know, Edo last week was awesome. Like, I really enjoyed talking to Ed. He had a lot of really interesting insights. It was a great interview. So happy to have him on. Uh, but it was a long show, you know, so I appreciate if you did listen to it, listener, uh, and I hope you appreciate, you know, got as good insights and things like that as we did out of it, because he had a lot of really interesting things to say. Um, so thanks for sticking through that one and listening to it. Uh, we were a little worried because it got really long, but we'll see what happens with this one. Maybe it'll be a touch shorter this week. So thanks so much for joining us, everyone. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, suggested topics, hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter or check out all of the stuff all over on the Instagram, also Board with VG. We are a proud part of Play Some Video Games, and PSVG is on Patreon. We're absolutely thrilled with the support you have given us there thus far. And if you'd like to monetarily support what we do, you can find us there at patreon.com slash PSVG. But the most important thing is just that you listen and maybe share what we do with someone else who you think would enjoy the podcast. My apologies for my dogs barking, if you can hear that. <laughs> uh, we're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network. So if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that is right for you. So listeners, we're going to switch things up this week a little bit, and this may be kind of how we do things going forward. Uh, work schedules have gotten pretty irregular, so we want to make sure we're getting you content each week, but we also want to make sure we're getting you content that is is timely or at least evergreen in the sense of when we record it, it's still relevant to you. Uh, so we're going to switch things up. Instead of having like a news segment or a what are we playing segment and then a topic, Josh and I have just picked three topics each related to gaming that we're thinking about, that's on our mind, might be a game we're playing, it might be a new story we want to talk about. It might be just a thought we had. And we're really going to make this a conversational and topic-driven show. Um, so we're going to do it for a couple of weeks, see how that goes. If you do have any feedback, let us know. We just kind of want to try this out, see how it feels, because um, it's something we're interested in exploring a little bit more. So with that, Josh, what is your first topic this week? Hey, so uh, today is, when we're recording this, uh, Saturday, April 4th. And uh, as of this current recording, the Frosthaven Kickstarter is sitting at $6.3 million on a, on a goal of $500,000. <laughs> they may have underestimated slightly. <laughs> so that being said, uh, if there is anyone who is, uh, sorry, is there anyone who is not backing this game? And uh, do people out there know uh, that part of this campaign also includes the option to purchase the original Gloomhaven for a hundred bucks. Uh, mm-hmm. So I thought what we could do, we'll, we'll talk about the Kickstarter. We'll let you know what, what is being offered in the different levels and maybe just get some people, some information on this because uh, we just us had some questions on our Twitter about this. Uh, the first day it came out, uh, which was surprising to me that some people still didn't know uh, what this is so why don't I, we start with uh i am backing this where are you sitting on frost haven kyle 
So, odd, funny story. Not too long ago, um, some of the folks who work with my partner decided they were going to start doing a board game March Madness tournament. So, that what they basically did is they took all these board games and paired them in a bracket and played the two board games and then voted on which one they liked better. And then that was the one that moved on in the bracket. Okay. One of the games, and these people, they, they play a a good number of board games, but they're not totally plugged into the hobby. They don't necessarily know if you say, oh, Gloomhaven. They don't necessarily know what type of game Gloomhaven is, but they may have heard of Gloomhaven. So they asked, hey, do you have Gloomhaven? And I said, no, we don't have it. That's not a game that we have. And then they explained that they were looking at doing it for their tournament. And I said, well, even if we did have it, that probably isn't the most appropriate game for that type of a thing. Um, You know, and I kind of explained what it was. And they're like, oh, that makes sense. So then the partner asked about Gloomhaven and said, hey, is this a game that we have? And I'm like, no, we don't. She's like, well, why don't we have it? And I was like, well, (laughs) it was pretty expensive when it first came out. And then at once the Kickstarter ended, it became really hard to get for a while. And you can get it now. But actually, right now, I don't think it's in stock anywhere really right now. Uh, But, you know, it it was in stores every once in a while. I'm like, but it's pretty expensive. You know, it's over $100. So, you know, I just had never jumped in on it because I didn't know if it would be a game you wanted to play, despite us playing games similar in the past. So I knew, though, that Frosthaven's Kickstarter was coming soon. So when Frosthaven's Kickstarter came up, I sent it to her and said, hey, you had asked about Gloomhaven. This is the sequel to Gloomhaven. Uh, that is, you know, or however you want to look at it. Is sequel appropriate to say? It's, well, it's, yeah, it's, uh, I guess if you want to go by Isaac, the designer, the creators describing it, it's a, the spiritual successor or continuation of uh gloomhaven so it's kind of a sequel but it's it's standalone so right there's no story that you need to know um to play Frosthaven. right but it's in the gloomhaven world it's literally uh technically off of the current gloomhaven map just a little north okay of it. yeah so anyway so i was like okay you know here's what it is so she looked at it and then didn't say anything. So a day or two later, I was like, hey, did you look at that Kickstarter I sent you? What do you think? And she's like, yeah, I was totally into it until I saw the price. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Because yeah. what my plan was, um, because of other things that have happened recently, my plan was to buy, to back Frosthaven and to then buy Gloomhaven. Because they're going to be shipping Gloomhaven in like June. Yep. If you buy it as part of this campaign. I might still do that. I My birthday was recently and I never... That we didn't ever decide on what I was getting for my birthday. Uh, so this might be what I get for my birthday. Um, because I do think she would like it. I, I I wish we could play it with more than just the two of us, though. Like, I know technically it is a one-player, like, solo to four-player game. Yeah. Uh, I, I think having more people would be fun. But, yeah, I think I might jump in on this. Long way of saying, I think I might get this, but I haven't fully committed yet. Yeah. That's, a, that's okay. That's All right. So let's give people a little... A rundown of Frosthaven. So it's it's one to four player game. It, it averages well. They say it's uh, thirty minutes uh, per player. Um, I would I would say that's cl- that's close to accurate. Um, maybe forty five minutes a player. Um, so it's a standalone campaign in the Gloomhaven world. However, uh, you are able. The characters are interchangeable, so uh, you can play characters from Gloomhaven. Uh, or the expansion Forgotten Circles, or the the upcoming um, light version of Gloomhaven called Jaws of the Lion, uh, you can play them in Frosthaven, or 
you can play Frosthaven characters in your Gloomhaven campaign if you choose to do so. Um, I, I imagine there's definitely um, maybe a few hiccups in like, the, like th- there's probably, well, you know what? There probably isn't. They probably did a good job at balancing the characters. Um, I think everything that's campaign driven is exclusive to the game because Frosthaven um, does have different um, um, aspects to the game where this introduces city building into uh, uh, basically the Gloomhaven world where uh, Frosthaven is like this town that has been just like destroyed and you're building up walls to protect the town and then you're rebuilding it and part, some of the things you do is you get to um, build the you get to choose like oh I'm gonna build an armory first or oh I'm gonna build mm-hmm. an inn um, things like that and you choose what buildings you're gonna build and where you're gonna build them by using stickers that you place on the board so it kind of has that like legacy aspect to it Mm-hmm. Um, which is pretty cool. Um, I don't know how that fully like evolves. Can your buildings also be destroyed because you also play um, in day and night cycles, which is also new to the Gloomhaven game. Uh, it is where it is similar. You still start with six uh, available characters and you can unlock 10 more characters as you play through the game. Um it has 30 double-sided map tiles, or well, 30-plus double-sided map tiles. Um, a bunch of uh, overlay tiles, which are like traps and treasure chests, and has monster cards, monsters, dungeon cards, all this kind of stuff that's in the current Gloomhaven. All that stuff is still in here. Now, the add-ons you can get, you can get, you can add on the basic game of Gloomhaven, which is 100 bucks. Normally, it's 140 so it's a pretty good discount. You can add the expansion for thirty. Uh, what I like is there's even a an eighteen dollar um, version of the uh, Steam game, the early access That's game, cool. which is like uh, seven or eight bucks off of the the going rate, which is nice of them to offer. A bunch of stuff for the other Gloomhaven things, pins, coins, uh, etc. And looks like Frosthaven's gonna. Uh, retail for 160 after this you can get in in for 100 bucks so it must be uh if you look at the box it looks like it's going to be a bit bigger than the base the regular gloomhaven and the gloomhaven box is a beast as is yes it's 21 pounds so um (laughs) uh one of the things that i think is cool but our uh, my buddy who's normally a gm in his pathfinder games is going to be bummed about is that if you can also get the foreteller uh, narration for Frosthaven, and foreteller mm-hmm. is a professionally produced um, um, narrator for all the campaign, yep. uh, and that's over ninety nine campaigns, over a hundred campaign stories. So they have a professional voice actor reading them all, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, you can you can also get it for fifteen bucks on its own, or you can do the all in pledge like I'm doing and get. The broken token insert, which you can also add on, which is sm- super smart and awesome <laughs> that they did that. Um, yeah, uh, for anyone who's still considering Gloomhaven, my suggestion is if you're not ready to take the plunge on Frosthaven, I don't know if timelines are going to be changing or not, but in September they should be releasing um, 
uh, Heart of the Lion. That's what it's called. Jaws of the Lion. Yep. Sorry. Uh, and that is like a lighter version of Gloomhaven. It has less scenarios, less characters. But it's also going to have exclusive characters to Jaws of the Lion, which means I'm going to have to buy that <laughs> just so I <laughs> get all the characters. Um, so that's nice that they have that as well. So uh, there's still 26 days to go as of recording. So yeah, I just wanted to maybe educate people a little bit on a game that I'm very excited about. I mean, no one's paying us to tell us that this is a, tell you this is a great game, right? Uh, but it also isn't uh, a game for everyone. This is definitely a heavy RPG style board game, uh, as they describe it—a Euro-inspired dungeon crawl. Um, it's cool because the yesterday they announced. Um, well, two days ago, they announced they're doing guest designers to help with the stories. And yesterday, mm-hmm. they announced they're including a Dark Tower uh, location on the map. And it has a Dark Tower sticker. And they can, and the story is being written by um, one of the writers on the, on the Return to Dark Tower game. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So I thought it was, uh, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, they, are, they also... Uh, so we have Dark Tower, um, and there's also some guest designers, um, but they're going to be continuously releasing uh, during the campaign and letting you know what's going on. Right. Because he helped with Return to Dark Tower, didn't he, Isaac? Yeah, him and Rob are really like, I think, the brain children for Return to Dark Tower, but um, he brought in, I can tell you who it is because it's it's right in front of me. Um, Justin Jacobson, who's the president oh, okay. of Restoration Games. So he's also um, writing this uh, story for Dark Tower uh, to be uh, incorporated in a small little little way into the game. But it, it looks pretty cool. Uh, they did a, a nice design. Seems to fit on the map nice. Okay, Josh, so here's my question for you. Hmm. We have talked long hours on this podcast about how board games are too darn expensive. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, I, I can I can say it because it's it's on the campaign. You just <laughs> spent two hundred and forty U.S. dollars, yeah, plus shipping, plus shipping, yeah, forty on a, forty on a five board bucks, game. I think <laughs> forty five dollars. I think for that's shipping. what it is for the whole th- oh. for the whole thing. If it was just the base <laughs> one, I think it was twenty, but for everything, Ooh. it was forty five. So you were spending almost three hundred dollars, yes, on this game. Uh huh. <laughs> uh what why why are you willing to drop 300 bucks almost on this game but other games is just nah can't well i know what this game is essentially i'm you mm-hmm. know I, i'm already really enjoying gloomhaven um with my current group and you could i you could make the argument that we won't even be finished with our campaign by the time this even ships to baggers in may of next right. year but, right but i, I also know it's a good investment. Uh, I know this game won't be easy to find after uh, it comes out. At least I can only imagine based on how, how hard it was to find Gloomhaven. Especially right. when they have currently, they have to produce um, 44,353 copies of the game, potentially, depending on what the backers have chosen so ridiculous so there's probably gonna not there's probably not gonna be another print run for maybe a year because <laughs> it's gonna take them that long to manufacture all these games yeah in fact i wouldn't be surprised hey. based on what's going on now that this game doesn't get delayed until august yeah. of next year yeah that wouldn't surprise me either um and listener if you're not certain you can always just pledge a dollar 
that yep. gives you access to the pledge manager uh, so that, you know, the, it's nice that they do that, which basically lets you add the game later if you want to. So if you don't want to pay the the big money up front, you can p- pledge a buck, have access to the pledge manager when it launches. Um, he said, Isaac has said that they're going to keep the pledge manager open as long as they possibly can. Mm-hmm. So you'd be able to have a chance to back later if you want to and pay the price later. Uh, but you're still saving, you know, 60 bucks easily So for that $1 investment. And if you decide that you don't want to do it, if enough comes out, you don't want to do it, uh, you're out a dollar. So Yeah, exactly. And and I do want to say one of the things that I <clears throat> and I and I, I don't think I'm speaking too soon, but it's possible that that could change. But what I am why I'm comfortable backing it at the price that it's at is because I know that there's not gonna be any surprise add-ons. And that's yep. really what the big obstacle for me and some of those other Kickstarters are. One, it's a game that we haven't played, and two I I make in my head I make a budget on what I'm going to sp- be spending on su- whatever game. So if right. I'm backing like Marvel United for sixty dollars, I'm not budgeting a two hundred and forty dollar game in my head. Right, and that's what it ended up being. <laughs> you know, uh, at least close to that, if not more. If you wanted uh, everything, absolutely. So at least I know that I'm getting everything, and I'm prepared to you know to cover this cost. I mean, honestly, something could change. He could add something crazy that makes me not want to back it. That's definitely possible. Do you think you could do $1 to do the pledge manager and just do an add-on of the original Gloomhaven for 100 bucks, <laughs> and then not get Frosthaven? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> you could probably just tweet <laughs> Isaac. He'll probably let you know. Yeah. He probably would say so. yes. I bet. I bet you can do that. Yeah, I might I might get this. Like I said, it's on the list. I definitely want to, but part of the big part of the reason I haven't is that if I did get it, I would want to go in at the $240 level. Yeah. And then I'd want to get the and then I would want to get Gloomhaven and then it's like, well, if I'm getting Gloomhaven, I probably should get the expansion. <laughs> but then also, even if I get that game in July, there's no way I'm going to have that done by even if I get Frosthaven. Even if Frosthaven's deleted six months. Yeah, but you guys get in no- a lot of playtime. You guys have some good days where you can get in. I know that not that's not happening right now, but right, like that's you, true. You guys have good marathon days. Like for us, it's once a month. Like it's like, yeah, no, that's true. Um, that's true. But you had a stimulus check coming, so maybe that will help you uh, take that point. plunge. <laughs> that's a good point. So that's that's an excellent point. <laughs> I'm really happy though, and you mentioned that that they're working with Broken Token already. It's the smartest thing that have he's an, done. Yeah, that they already have an organizer. <laughs> you can get it as part of it. That way, when you get your Frosthaven game, you can sit down and put Frosthaven to the side and spend a few hours <laughs> assembling your, it's more than, your yeah, Broken yeah. Token. <laughs> yeah, <it's> <laughs> organizer. <a> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, anything else about Frosthaven you want to say? No, I'm just excited to see um, the stuff they announce over the next coming weeks and. And uh, I know he keeps saying that they have surprises in the store. I'm just hoping those aren't <laughs> additional uh, things I have to pay for <laughs> and that they're yeah, actually just not... cool content. Yeah, based off of how the first one, I can't imagine or I, I'm anticipating it's not going to be additional add-on stuff. It seems very much like, hey, here are things in here that we're talking that we haven't really specified that we're like, there's 100 plus scenarios, but we're not telling you what those scenarios are or who the guest designers are. Like, I think it's gonna be a lot of that stuff, which is cool. Yeah, so. All right, Josh, my first topic is kind of a bummer, but also understandable. Uh, Some games have been delayed, and for some again recently. Um, PlayStation has delayed Iron Man VR and The Last of Us Part II indefinitely. 
Microsoft has delayed Minecraft Dungeon, so that was a short one, and Wasteland 3. So, Josh, you know, these are kind of the first big game releases. All signs kind of are pointing to COVID being a, a big reason for these delays. Some of them, PlayStation has come out and said that's the reason for their delays, is that not that the games aren't done, but they, they're going to have a hard time getting games to people. Um, so they want to wait and they, and I think there might probably be some issues finishing up localization maybe. Uh, but they really want to make sure that everyone gets to play the game at the same time though. Apparently in a recent PlayStation broadcast episode, they did not rule out doing just a digital release early yet. Um, so we'll wait and see. I don't think they're going to do that. I, I, I think that would be. I mean, I'm cool with it because I pre-ordered it digitally, so that seems fine, (laughs) but uh, I feel like others would be upset about that. Uh, So to start with, Josh, my first question about this, is this the canary in the coal mine? Is this just the start? Is there going to be a lot more games that are going to be delayed? Because we were all excited about, you know, well, I shouldn't say excited. We were looking at the silver lining of having to stay home, being we get to play all these cool video games that are coming out, but it sounds like now some of them aren't coming out. So is this just the start? I think it's interesting. Especially when they say like these games are d- pretty much done, that right. it, it, it is confusing to me why they're delaying them. I know that they're saying it would be hard; it might be hard to get it to everybody. I, I get that, but this is also a time where you want to make money because you're not making money. And yeah. uh, my conspiracy theory, my th- my thought around it is, um, I mean, Minecraft Dungeons not not a, not a big deal for Microsoft, even Wasteland Three, but at least for PlayStation. It makes me, it gives me this like weird feeling that Sony is going to delay the PlayStation 5 and they're delaying these releases so that people have something to fill in that gap. So like, okay, I'm not done with The Last of Us 2. And then I hear about the PlayStation 5 getting delayed. I'm Mm -hmm. hearing about the PlayStation 5 getting pushed back. And then Last of Us 2 is coming out. So it's less of like a a blow to the cons- like the people who are excited about that. I mean, I could okay. be totally wrong, but I just, I really feel like, um, while I totally get like, it would, it would be really crappy. Like for the people who pre-ordered like the limited edition cases and collector's editions that they can't get their game and other people can play it digitally. Right. That would stink. So if that was the case, then yeah, that's a good reason to delay it. If they just can't get those out. Um, right, but we're not talking about manufacturing board games. We're talking about discs, and I and and that's me being ignorant to how that manufacturing works and where it's being manufactured. Mm-hmm. But um, it, you know, I don't, and I don't know when like The Last of Us went gold or Iron Man if they already have. So that's just um, like I said, my conspiracy theory. So, do you think that it would be acceptable? For them to say, hey, sorry, physical people, you're not going to be able to get your physical stuff for a while, but we will send you a digital code for now. Yeah. And you will get whenever we can send you your physical stuff, you'll get your physical stuff. Would that be acceptable? Do you think? I think and so. And still release the game the same day? Do you think people who are getting physical versions would be upset by that, though? If they're still getting their physical copies, I I can't imagine people being upset about it. and And they're not really losing out because... Technically, you've already paid for that game for the people right. who pre-ordered it or already purchased it. Um, so all that really means is that when you get your disc... You're turning around and selling an unopened disc on eBay for 40 bucks. Maybe, but maybe they have a way where it can be 
uh, timed. Like they can revoke the um, the digital copy. Right, but you don't. Wouldn't that be a horrible? Yeah, like that would be horrible, right? Yeah, I mean they have to combat it, right? I mean, I guess that's the tough part, right? The people who would sell the physical versions when they came in, right? Um, and then who would buy them? Also, yeah. and will GameStop even be open to take the <laughs> <Trades. their> trade in? <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, that's that's a good counterpoint to why that would be a bad thing for them to give out digital copies unless they had a way to say like, okay, one week after. Well, still, if you beat the game before you got the physical game, it doesn't really matter, right? Right. So yeah, then that probably won't happen. <laughs> Yeah, and I just I, I could see I feel like I could see people who had ordered physical games being upset. I I don't know why because they can't I, trade I it like in we, after they beat it. Well, right, but I also just feel like we get upset about everything. It's like oh, oh my yeah. internet stinks, <laughs> so it's gonna take you know forever. And yeah, I know I'm still getting my physical in three months. Yeah, but it's just not fair that I'm not getting it now. Like sure, I guess that's true. I feel like it's kind of a, a can't win situation in that how that goes, and I get the desire for a simultaneous launch everywhere like I, I get that uh you know i was actually kind of looking forward to the last of us part two because it was gonna be actually the first day i take off of work at my new job because i was just gonna take that friday <laughs> off and play the last of us part two but i guess i'm saving that day of vacation now uh do you think then that ghost of tsushima gets delayed as well oh i mean i feel like that they would have dropped that bomb when they dropped those as well so i think we might still be on on track for that okay but but them releasing that on time contradicts the reason to delay the last of us too right i well i i don't necessarily know that it does because a part of me thinks that ghost of tsushima is basically is like done done yeah because it got pushed back i i think ghost of tsushima was supposed to come out when the last of us part two got pushed to right um and i think they just pushed it back to be so it wouldn't conflict i think that game is pretty much done so it wouldn't even surprise me if from a manufacturing perspective, and since they haven't announced any special edition consoles or really too much as far as like the special editions go, like there's some stuff there for sure. Like they're obviously have a special edition with the cool mask and stuff. Yeah. But I, I, I think that maybe they were further along with that than we maybe knew that they were, or maybe we'll get delayed. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, without transparency about what's going on, well, we'll, we'll just never know. Uh, right. So I, unless they're sitting on, you know, hundreds of thousands of already printed and manufactured uh, <laughs> games. Like uh, that's the only yeah. way I can see them uh, not delaying that with the last of us, at least for the reason they're giving for the last of us. Right. So, you know, kind of drawing this back then and, and talking about X Microsoft and Xbox. So obviously, you know, they've had a couple releases of some of their first party games recently. Some going very, very well and getting a lot of hype and, and being beloved, such as Ori. Some games that I think you probably were released and people don't even remember or already realize that Bleeding Edge was a game that was released in March. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> I don't know. Have you heard anyone talk about that game? <laughs> Only... Uh, Coach Mo and uh, PSVG Land has talked about it, and I've seen uh, Luke Lore's frustrations with it on uh, Twitter uh, oh, really? from uh, from his Xbox podcast. Uh, okay, <laughs> uh, but no one's really talking about it, and I think I mentioned it a couple weeks ago after I played yeah. the, the beta. I was immediately turned off from it, so it's not even on my radar anymore. Yeah, well, and it's interesting, too, because, you know, there have been some stories and stuff about how it was a 
uh, hard for Ninja Theory to get that game out when they did. And I don't see anyone doing stories about them crunching. But anyway, <laughs> um, so outside of that, though, obviously, like I said, they delayed Minecraft Dungeons. They have uh, the Gears Tactic game that's coming out at the end of April, correct? Yes, yep. And then other than Wasteland and then Wasteland 3, they delayed. But that was it that we had dates for for their first party games. Is that correct? To my knowledge, yeah. I don't I don't know that we know. Uh, I mean, we don't have dates for Hellblade 2, obviously. Right. And then obviously Halo, we know, is just with whenever the console comes out, which apparently they're slightly backpedaling on now, too, saying it will, any game delays will not cause the release date of the Series X to be delayed, right. is what they said. Right. So, <laughs> and again, that's not a bad thing or a shot at them. Like, it, I can't imagine working on a game like that remotely is easy. No, no way. No, no nothing <laughs> you know? that anyone in the in the game development industry that is doing right now is easy by any means. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, do we think then? Obviously, like I said, Microsoft has delayed some stuff. Sony's delayed some big stuff, and, and you kind of alluded to it. Do we think the consoles come out this year still? You know, I wanted to say no, but like, my, like. Phil Spencer's like the Xbox is coming out this year. It's still on track, so I I, uh, I like his optimism, but I don't I don't see how it's possible. So he he obviously has way more insight right, <laughs> into right. how that's going. Um, and and I mean basically, <laughs> no, I'm sure PlayStation knows what's going on, but nobody knows right. what's going on with the PlayStation five right at all. And I don't know yeah. when they plan on when they originally planned on telling people, uh, if it was not going to be until June, that's crazy, uh, to me. And if it was, well, it's going to be later than I think. Right. Well, okay. Well back up real quick though. What do you say? Nobody knows like in comparison to what they've said holiday 2020 for a very long time. Well, we that's have, what their website. I'm, I mean, I'm just respond Like I'm just reacting to like, the in general information on the, like what we've talked about before. I know we know like the, the tech specs, right? But we yep. haven't seen the PlayStation Five, and nope. that's that still is weird to me. <laughs> so like that's what I mean. Yeah. Like nobody and no, we don't know what's going on with the PlayStation Five, even in the physical aspect of it. So for us to not know the release date isn't a surprise either. And holiday is is a four month span so we don't know <laughs> when it's coming point, out yeah. either <laughs> so no for sure it could be for holiday is still until february of 2021 did they say holiday 2020 or just holiday i think it said holiday 2020, 2020. so we have yeah. either november or december because if they just said holiday then that could that be, be any holiday right <laughs> <laughs> right i don't see them launching a console in, de- in december i don't see anyone launching a console in december yeah, I think there's a high likelihood PlayStation comes out early 20, in like March 2021. Like, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility at all. Um, if you were an exec and you got final say, <laughs> yeah, would you rather delay uh, release a console knowing it's going to be supply constrained for holiday this year, yeah, or delay it till March, knowing you'll have the numbers to be able to sell what it's capable of selling? If I'm an exec, I'm putting it out when supply is constrained because it creates demand. I know as a consumer, we don't want that. It just leads to right. frustration. But look at how Nintendo releases their consoles. Everything that they've released, they've released like like a bottleneck. It's like, here's some games. Ugh, stop. Okay, we're going to give you like one more shipment before Christmas. And then, oh, then we'll give you some more in March. Like, 
it's it's been weird, um, but they do they do a great job at creating the demand for their consoles. I know, but I hate okay. it. <laughs> I was gonna say, but you know, Xbox is all pro consumer now, so isn't that kind of anti consumer to do that? Then, if they were to do that, well, that's the thing. Like, I don't know about PlayStation, but everything that Phil is saying makes me believe that that isn't going to be an issue. I know he's not like directly saying, "Hey, we're gonna have enough for everybody." But right. he's not not saying like, uh, just want people to know it might be a little hard to find, you know, a Series X when they first come out. He's not saying that either. So like, I'm just led to believe that they'll be as available as normal. It, obviously, it might not be that way, but uh, Microsoft also they need to they also need to create supply and demand uh, as well. So if I'm an executive. That's what my plan would be, is to create the supply and demand issue. If I'm a consumer, no. That's terrible. Wait until they're readily available. Just seems very antithetical to what Microsoft... <laughs> no, it just seems very antithetical to what Microsoft's whole message is. Yes. Of like, play your games everywhere. It doesn't matter what platform. No console exclusives, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, you can go buy an Xbox One X, of course. Right. That's, that so. stays right in line with he's, what he's going to tell you in November. Yeah. If you can't get That's a Series right. X, buy an Xbox One X. It's only two ninety nine now. Like now. Right. And then in six months, buy another console and buy the nicer one. Well, they have that old trade-in thing <laughs> at the at, uh, Microsoft Store. You buy the X. Those are so readily available. Well, the X's must be available, right? No, the Microsoft stores. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I think you could do it on Amazon now, too. I was like, I have no idea where the closest Microsoft store is to me. I know it's a multiple hour drive, though. Yeah. That I know. Well, I got some, I so. got some close ones. <laughs> so isn't everyone like me? <laughs> awesome. All right, Josh, what's your second topic? Uh, my second topic. Okay. So I'm working overnights mostly for work now uh, with our shelter. Uh, so I've had to o- occupy my overnight shifts uh, with something to keep my mind off of why I'm there and what's going on there and and uh, just things in general. Um, so I've been struggling to find a game that I could consistently play. Uh, I even I I bought Agony on Switch because it was on oh, wow, super okay. cheap and I uh, <laughs> I played it for like thirty minutes last night and then promptly deleted it off of my Switch <laughs> because of how <laughs> terrible it is. Um, but I've been like struggling, um, even like when I'm at home and I've been playing Animal Crossing in bed on my Switch, I've had no problem um, playing it for hours. But for some reason, uh, I, while I'm at work, I've, I haven't had a, 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 I'm not comfortable doing that. I, I haven't found, um, I know it sounds weird saying playing video games while I'm at work, but, <laughs> you know, it's, we need to do something. We're still working, but we also have a lot of downtime. Right. Um, so uh, I was fi- having trouble finding a game. I consistently play until I re- I uh, booted up uh, Diablo three again last night, and mm-hmm. um, I I really um, got back into the swing of it. It really was a great stress relief for me, mm-hmm. and like a comfort game. Like I really was able to turn everything off and just play a podcast. You don't even need to listen to the game after you've played it for so many hours like I have. Right. Um, uh, so I was able to do that. So um, what I wanted to ask you and our listeners, they can tweet at us, what's your current uh, comfort game that you're playing uh, during the pandemic? And do you think that it's helping you? So 
I shared this with you before individually. I don't think I've talked about it on the podcast, though. Uh, Josh, I've started playing Minecraft again. Yes. And <laughs> it has been a lot of fun. And earlier today, I was playing a little Minecraft, and I took some wheat and lured a couple sheep back to my little house, and I had them in the little pen, and then I fed them some wheat, and they loved it and loved each other and made a baby sheep. Oh, they and loved each other. <laughs> yeah, they loved each other and made a baby sheep. The little hearts came up and everything, and planting some you know wheat along the river and going down and exploring some caverns and tunnels and doing all of that thing. It just is, I forgot how much I like Minecraft. It's so fun. So that's really been the game. I've been playing a lot of other stuff too, but when I am really just looking to disconnect, get away from it all, and just think and, and just do something to lose myself in, that is what I've been doing again is playing Minecraft. And I'm really glad this game exists and happy to have access to it and play it. It I forget how darn good this game is and why it's such a phenomenon that it is. I found a YouTuber who I really like that does Minecraft stuff, and I've been watching their YouTubes about it. I just, man, I'm all in on Minecraft again. I am absolutely loving it. Nice. Well, that's great. I mean, it's definitely, we have this hobby that we enjoy so much, but it's also, it also can be used for, for things like now, like just to, to take your mind off things and just escape for a little bit too. So um, I will say... Listening to my coworker play Call of Duty and getting so mm-hmm. mad, I had this funny moment where I I realized I've never reacted that emotionally to a game like angrily to the mm-hmm. point where like they had to put their head in their hands and take a minute, and I thought they were crying at one point. <laughs> like, oh wow. <laughs> I don't mean to come down on the Call of Duty bros, but it was a real weird moment for me to be listening to and watching someone continue, like, be so angry at a game, but con- continuously playing it. Like, now is right. not the time to be putting yourself through that, at least in yes. my head. So, if that's something um, that you're doing out there as a listener, find a game that brings you no stress and just comfort and relaxation. Uh, that might help you if that is not what you're currently doing. <laughs> yeah, I haven't played much Call of Duty lately. Um, I think I shared that the person I usually play Call of Duty with broke their hand. Yeah. Uh, so they haven't been able to play Call of Duty. <laughs> I think they actually just got their cast off, I think on Friday. Um, but so I haven't played too much of it lately. But that is kind of actually one of the reasons I, I stopped playing it in general, not just because he wasn't able to play anymore, but that game does like, I don't. Almost never when I'm done playing Call of Duty am I in a better mood than when I started playing Call of Duty. Right. <laughs> you know? And part of it is that I'm not as good as I used to be. Like, that's definitely part of it that I it definitely don't feel as proficient in the game as I used to. But the other part is, is that for better or for worse, the online structure of that game just isn't always super great. And it, I think one of the worst feelings in a game is doing poorly but but not because you did something wrong or are playing poorly, right? Like there are definitely times when I know that that other team is just better than me or this other player is just better than me. And so be it that I don't get mad about that. Yeah. What I get really upset about and frustrated with in Call of Duty so I can relate a little bit is to what I see on my screen 
and then what I see on the kill cam being different. Yeah, that's what I. And that that's is so frustrating. <laughs> it's so frustrating when you're like, that is not at all how that happened on my screen, and there's nothing I can do about that, right? There's yeah. nothing I can do. And you know, there are times when you are the the person who things go your way that way in Call of Duty, and sometimes you're the person who they don't go your way. So I can understand the frustration. <laughs> so, but that's also why I'm not playing Call of Duty right now, and I'm playing Minecraft. Josh, have you ever played Minecraft? You know, I haven't uh, ever played Minecraft. Something to consider. It's a it's a good one, and it, you can play it local co op. Oh, so there's a thing to know. Cool. Two people, one screen. It works. It's a thing. <laughs> All right. So, Josh, my topic is kind of related in a in a small way. Um, the other game that I've been playing a lot is actually The Division Two, which seems very weird to be playing right now um, because <laughs> of everything that happens in it. Yeah. Uh, but I've been playing a lot of The Division Two, and what has really made me – I'm trying to put my finger on why I keep playing it because I'll be honest. I have no idea what's happening in the story. No clue. I don't we played it last year when it came out. We played it on Xbox. I'm playing it on PlayStation right now, and I'm actually further than I got when I was playing it on Xbox, and I got pretty far on Xbox. Um, and I, I was trying to figure out what is drawing me into this world and why do I keep playing this game? So it really made me start to think, Josh, when it comes to these massive open-world role-playing games, yeah, what setting do you prefer? How do you like these games to be set? Do you like... You know, the real-life recreation of DC that's in The Division? Do you prefer something more fantasy world like The Witcher 3? Like, what type of world do you like best experiencing in these large open-world games? I think I can appreciate them all, um, for the most part. I think The Division, the first one, was really the first open-world-ish like RPG that I really played that was in a modern setting. Right. Um so I guess before then I would have said I prefer like Dragon Age Fantasy World. Uh, okay. But that's just – I think that's because like we've always been told like RPGs are fantasy related. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, how they how they typically are. Um, Did you never, ever really play like Grand Theft Auto or anything? You know, I have a hard time with Grand Theft Auto. I don't okay. enjoy it. But I'll tell you why, and it's the reason I'm actually enjoying playing Grand Theft Auto Online with Lucas um, for the same reason I'm about to tell you why I like the other games. is they, they do a great job at making you feel like you're not in an open world. And and that's yeah, always been okay. something important to me because <clears throat> I, need, I need, for me, I need some structure and I need mm-hmm. some direction. So right. um, some some like semblance of linearity, if that is a word. Um, is is necessary for me to enjoy any game pretty much. Um, and I've always struggled with like MMOs or or just pretty much open world RPGs. Right. Is that it's too open for me? And I think I was good on Grand Theft Auto. I liked Vice City, but when San Andreas came out and you had to like uh, exercise and <laughs> eat. <laughs> and stuff like that but then and, and then they didn't give you any direction so mm-hmm. that was like the start of grand theft auto be for me becoming a much bigger world right. kind of like what happened between red dead redemption and red dead redemption 2 yeah thank you <laughs> space right out it's a big jump there where red dead yeah. redemption was pretty linear for me while there was a lot of game it was pretty and you you knew what you had to do and 
you could kind of improvise how you got there, but it was always clear. So GTA 4, 3, 4, um, 5, those games where they kind of just throw you in this world and then like, hey, figure mm-hmm. it out. That's very frustrating to me. So for me, the setting is, is not important per se. Um, right. Um, like Mass Effect. Great job at including like a linear story into a kind of open world. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I've I've taken to replaying Mass Effect Andromeda, and I just really hate it. <laughs> <laughs> the controls are so terrible, and I and I don't remember if the controls from Mass Effect uh, one, two, and three were as bad as I'm experiencing or feeling that Andromeda is. Right, but that's also the nostalgia effect too. Um, so I, you know, I'm not thinking of the controls in Mass Effect. I'm thinking of the gameplay because when I play yeah. Grand Theft Auto online with Lucas, the controls for Grand Theft Auto are horrible. For I, the characters are they don't move fluid, right? And I'm not one to remap my controller, so like the jump buttons in the wrong spot and <laughs> everything is weird to me. So, uh, yeah. Uh, that's that was a that was a terrible off ramp that I just took. Um, so yeah, to to answer your question in the longest way possible, <laughs> I don't have a preference to the world uh, in RPGs. Is there something that you that you like lean towards when you're looking at your your open world RPGs? Well, it's interesting because a decade ago or a little more, I would have definitely said sci-fi. I would have been all in mm-hmm. on that type of game because that was really what I was into and I would have liked it you know probably five years ago or so I probably would have said fantasy you know doing something obviously it wasn't quite out yet but like Witcher 3 style Dragon Age Inquisition style like that type of world was something I was super into the more I think about it now and I like I like all of those things still I like the more quote-unquote modern games or those taking in you know whether it be your divisions, whether it be obviously it was a smaller open world, but something like Infamous Second Son, um, which is a modern city and all of those things. Like I, I like those; those are cool. Uh, I like you have never been super into GTA, um, so that's something that I've I've played some, but I've never really gotten into it. The one series that has consistently really gotten me into their worlds, though, is Assassin's Creed. Yes, uh, and absolutely. I, and I think I there's just something about revisiting visiting a place. That there's really no way for me to visit, but did actually exist. Yeah, there's a lot of historical now, background to those games. Right. And it might not be exactly the way it is in the game, you know, but they do a lot, you know, they've done a lot of research to try to get as much actual historical fact and accuracy into just the world that they build. Now, granted, obviously the gameplay and everything else goes a whole bunch of different directions, but the facts about, you know, if you read the information that is there, you, you take the time to, um, listen to the conversations that people are having with NPCs and stuff. Like a lot of that is based in historical knowledge. And there's just something about those games that I I really think that's tends to where I I lean to now. And I'm really excited about the next one, which is supposed to be Norse setting. Yes. Um, You know, I I think that could be cool. And supposedly it's going to include both, you know, London, like early days of London and Paris and all these other things. So yeah, I'm, that I think is now kind of where I sit um, is, is those historical places that did exist and giving me a chance to visit them. And I think it's still fun to go to these fantasy worlds or these sci-fi places that people completely create in their heads. I, that's still awesome. But there's just something about that 
<laughs> the ground, the ridiculous groundedness in some ways, like ridiculous things are happening in this grounded place. That's the thing I think I like the most. So nice. Your third topic, sir. Oh, well, it's kind of also related to the start of your last topic and also your next topic. <laughs> <clears throat> so a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of people in the board gaming community uh, right now have uh, have decided <laughs> they're going to start picking up all every and all different versions of the game Pandemic, and they are actively buying it out of stock of places and playing yep. it. And I and I, I've heard people actually playing Plague Inc. and naming their their virus Corona. Or COVID nineteen, yep. um, so I guess I kind of just wanted to talk to you and, and <laughs> why do we think that is, and also what the heck? <laughs> why play a pandemic <laughs> when you're living it, and you have potentially so many other games to play, especially in people's backlogs? I have had no interest, period, in picking up my game, my copy of Pandemic or Legacy at all. Uh, I just, I don't, I also like people like going out to Netflix and seeing Contagion and Outbreak trending. I don't understand. Do you, do people need to create a sense of fear for some reason? What is going on? (laughs) I genuinely think, and maybe I'm wrong, that this is a situation, that very much of a situation of like, if you don't laugh about it, you'll cry about it. Right. (laughs) <laughs> and I kind of feel like that's what this is, is that people are like, you know what? I This is so uncertain. Well, at least in this game, I can fix the problem. I can't fix it in real life. Right. But I can in this game. Maybe. I, yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, you, you might play die. Pandemic on, <laughs> if you play Pandemic on like the easiest difficulty, granted, I've played a lot of Pandemic in my day. But at this point, Pandemic on easiest difficulty is kind of a walk in the park. Yeah. And I think if you play it enough, I think it is for most people as well. But... Uh, yeah, I think it's the situation of that, that you just, you look at everything else that's going around in the world and be like, well, I guess we can do this because <laughs> then maybe we can fix it. I don't know. What do you think? Why do you think people are doing it? I don't, I really, I don't get it. I don't understand why people do it. Um, I have no interest in watching any movies about, I like, I know when this started and my wife was watching the show on the pandemic documentary. I knew nothing good was going to come from that. It's only right. created more irrational fear in her because when she's, it's kind of like what I imagine being a nurse is like right now or being an, right. a doctor who, who has children and, and just in general, you have so much information potentially on mm-hmm. a topic that you are over worried. Right. And I just don't understand when I sit down to play something, it's to escape real life, generally. Mm-hmm. And why would I want to sit down and play a game where the world is being <laughs> like infected by a virus when that's literally, I can just turn on the news and see that. I would rather play any other game. So I don't, I can't, I can't empathize with anyone currently <laughs> playing Pandemic in any form it's just 
It really boggles my mind. I don't get it. Or the or the Division 2, maybe? <laughs> I mean, the Division 2, at least you can ignore the storyline. Oh, yeah. I have no idea what's going right? on. Right? You don't have all. to focus on that. You're shooting people. You can turn your brain off with the Division. Yeah. Uh, the Division, also a game. Don't play, like, if you're going to follow the storyline. It's about <laughs> a virus that comes out on Black Friday. Yeah, it is. It's in it New is. York, which is like basically uninhabitable right now. <laughs> yeah, and DC for the second one, yeah. which you know. So yeah, I mean, yeah, you I, you can I can turn that off with the division too. Like I don't have to focus on that story, but like literally the whole part of pandemic is about a pandemic. Like you can't avoid that yeah. part of the game. Yeah, I do also think, though, you know, you mentioned, oh, but you could lose. Like, I don't think most people go into games expecting to lose. <laughs> no, no, I don't think so either. <laughs> you know, so I think that it's like, hey. But could that be well, demoralizing to you? <laughs> I mean, I guess it could be. I, I lose all the time at stuff, though, so for me, whatever. But I could definitely see, though, where people are like, hey, I can I can hear the conversation of, hey, we can't fix the problem in real life, but you know what? We can fix it in this board game. I can hear that conversation people having and feeling like it's a good idea and a way for them to relieve stress about the situation. Uh, I mean, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Not saying it works for me, but I can definitely hear that conversation. I have, We have talked about Erica and I have mentioned it. I'm like, oh, I guess we could always play Pandemic, like jokingly, <laughs> but we've never played it. Like we're too caught up in Orleans right now to play anything else. So. Nice. Um, but yeah. So anything else you want to say about that? Are you telling people they shouldn't play Pandemic and if they do, they should feel bad about themselves? Is that what you're saying, Josh? <laughs> no, no. If you enjoy it, I mean, more power to you, I guess. Uh, do whatever do whatever it takes for you to take your mind off things and, and lighten the mood or enjoy yourself or, or whatever just makes you feel good. If you thrive in panic, play it. <laughs> Go have fun. Uh, <laughs> if you thrive in panic. <laughs> not for me. Not for me. I'm having enough real-life panic. I don't need to simulate it in a board game while that's happening in real life. <laughs> that is also completely understandable. Um, so my last topic, still related, uh, obviously, because that's kind of like everything happening in the world. Uh, so with COVID-19 running amok, uh, one cool thing, though, that is happening as a result of this is some board game publishers are providing opportunities for people to play games at home for free or at least providing additional print and play scenarios, expansions, and things like that for their games for free. Um, if you head over to Board Game Geek, there is a geek list right now that is running with all of the things that are on there. Uh, Josh, number one, were you aware of this list? Number two, what are your reactions to it? Uh, I wasn't aware of this list. I was aware, though, that that um, people were um, doing this. Um, I have actually sitting in my printer a print and play of the newest not released expansion for Unmatched. Um, and oh, cool. I know um, Jamie Stegmeyer created a roll and write game during yeah. the pandemic that uh, you can print and play. And he's also doing like live stream plays of it. Um, but I, I'm looking through the list now and, and you know, it's nice like eBooks um, from Osprey and, um, uh, just a bunch of like ma a magazine, some portal game stuff. Like it's nice to see that all this stuff is out here. And yeah, Jamie's Jamie's game is on here too, called Rolling Realms, uh, which are, like on paper looks like like Gunshun Clever, ish. Um, yeah. But I should also I should download that because <coughs> it looks cool. And 
I'm just happy to see people coming together uh, and doing this. And like I told Kyle before we recorded, before we started recording, um, um, Deepwater Games was, was doing these um, bundles on sale where you can get really good priced games. There's a couple other companies out there selling games at a pretty reduced rate and free shipping. So you can play some of their games. Uh, Amazon's doing a, 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 was doing a buy two, get one free on board games. Um, so it's nice to see people helping out us and each other and, and supporting each other. You know, it's nice to see, I'm trying to word it right. It's nice to see like humanity there. Uh, like people not just looking to turn a profit and, Mm -hmm. and supporting the people who keep them in business. You know, it's like, Hey, here's something for you. You know, we appreciate everything you've done for us kind of thing. Right. Well, and on top of, too, you know, when you look at things like Fantasy Flight has delayed all of their game releases, you know, and yeah. and not that not that we want to be running out and spending money right now, but just knowing that, you know, we talked about the video game delays, uh, it's probably going to get harder and harder to get things for a bit, right? So having some other outlet, especially for some really popular games, adding content that could easily be paid expansions that they're just letting you print and play you know the the one downfall i've discovered about this i don't own a printer (laughs) (laughs) so that is probably something i should have is a printer because i could never ever participate in these things (laughs) um so yeah so that is the one downfall but a lot of really cool things on here um with really excuse me big name you know high, high profile games and some small ones too so it's kind of this interesting mix of games you definitely heard about like love letter is a basically they release a new version of the game essentially yeah. is what they release as their part you know so it's a cool time to go ahead and find some really awesome games that you know and love that have some nice mini expansions or scenarios added and also go check out maybe some games you've never heard of um and i think it's a nice mix between all of those things really cool that it's all put together in one nice forum and, and geek list here that people can find and just very cool that publishers are taking the time to do this because in a time where you know financial uncertainty is abound for everyone the fact that they're willing to literally give away things that they could be making money on is uh very very kind of them uh so i hope we continue to see more of this and i'm really thankful for the publishers who are who are already participating yeah they have that sherlock Holmes games you're such a big fan of. i know but you know what it's for is for able to do it um yeah on skype or discord yeah. yeah yeah so which is cool so um, but only one person has to have the game box, which I have the game box. So, Josh, if you ever want to play some consulting detective, hey, that's the thing we could do. We should stream it. We could definitely give that a shot. <laughs> so, all right, Josh. So that is it for our topics. We do have some listener questions, though. Do you want to take us through those? Oh, let's do it. There's actually an active conversation going on our Twitter right now. I know. I, my, I've seen my notifications <laughs> blow up. Okay. Excuse me. Uh, so uh, our first one's from Donnie uh, at Play Nintendo on Twitter. He says, uh, when do you think The Last of Us 2 will release? And then in honor of WrestleMania, how would you make a wrestling board game? Oh, he has a bunch of questions in here. Let's do them one by one. Kyle, when do you think The Last of Us 2 will release? I am going to say September or October. When do you think it's going to release? I think it will release 
in August. Ooh, that's a good guess too. I was considering August, but I, I, mm, I'm thinking after school starts. If schools start up again and everything goes back to quote unquote <laughs> typical at that point, yeah. that's when I think that they'll say yes. We'll we'll go ahead and do that. So I think. We'll probably know that in like June or July, and then it'll take them a couple months to get everything rolling, hence why September yeah. was my pick. Cool. Those work for me. All right. So how would you make a wrestling board game? <laughs> I know that there is one that exists. There is. Um, I couldn't tell you anything about it except when I've seen them demoing it at PAX Unplugged, all the people that demo it dress up as wrestlers and and crazy ring uh, personalities which turns me right off from playing it. <laughs> so I guess uh, for me, uh, I think it would have to be like a like a drafting game. So you're like drafting a... Um, so here's what I would do. So you have a drafting technique like, say, like Seven Wonders, where you, you're starting with a deck of uh, cards that are shuffled and you pass them around. And then after you draft your decks, you go into a a building phase where you're building a lineup, but you don't let your opponent know. So you have wrestlers in your hand that have spe- uh, specific abilities. Think of it like uh, a twist on war, the game war, the card game war. Um, and what you're doing is you're doing an opening of a match, and then you're doing um, like a TLC match, and then you're doing um, an intercontinental match. I don't know what the belts are still going on. All leading up to, like, you have pre-set up matches, and they're leading up to the main event. And what you do is, when you match up, you you find out who you're battling at the time of um, the match. And then combat is like Risk, where you're you're rolling dice for the, the card that you have, and Kind of like Dice Throne, where certain cards would have certain dice. So maybe like if I picked like a, a a small weak wrestler and you decide to put Undertaker in the first match, you have like stronger dice or, or more dice than I do. Mm-hmm. And then you literally put your cards in like a ring mat and you, you have like a, a little wrestling match there. That sounds very cool. I actually like that a lot. And I was paying attention. I know it probably looked like I wasn't, but no, I was looking okay. at the names of a couple of games. I was looking at the names of a couple of games I want to make sure I had right. Uh, when I think of wrestling games, there's two games that come to mind. One of them, and <laughs> oh, this game. I actually really enjoyed this game. Uh, I don't know how many people did, though. Uh, I don't know that it's super highly rated. I could be wrong, though. Uh, did you ever play Spartacus, a game of blood and treachery? No, but I've heard good things. Uh, because I love the show. I always It's like a, a game I always want to grab if I see it, but I never see it. Yeah, so actually, this is one of the games that I think would fit really well as a wrestling game, uh, because basically, if I'm, I'm probably going to butcher exactly how this works, I haven't played it in a very long time, but there's a arena in the middle, and you have basically like your warriors that are there, and then you're bidding on who is going to fight. So then, and someone else could say, oh, and depending on how the bidding works, like you could get hosed by other people. So suddenly you're having a matchup against somebody you didn't want to have a matchup on. But then it's kind of like just almost a miniature skirmish game, like in this arena Hmm. where you put your characters into the arena, they battle it out. If you do well, you get points and then you go on to the next round of bidding to try to get to see who's going to fight next. So basically putting gladiators into an arena to fight each other, and it has like a bidding mechanic that you do to, to get them in there. So kind of similar to what you were talking about 
and trying to like guess and bluff people about who's going to come out when. So very similar to that. Uh, but that it, I really enjoyed that game. I thought it was really fun. I, I never owned it, but I had friends who had it. Uh, we played that all, a, a lot, uh, and I enjoyed it. If you want something that's maybe a little more low-key, uh, I think Yomi, okay. the card game, which, which is basically like a take on like a you know, Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat fighting style game, I think you could easily turn that into a wrestling game hmm. where you had decks for the wrestlers um, and then you're kind of having that one-on-one um, match if you were looking for something a little more streamlined. So I think Yomi would be a good fit, that style of game. I think actually you could take Yomi almost and just put a like wrestling flavor over it and it probably would work almost really well actually uh and then spartacus i think would be another good fit for that style so there we go we have lots of options cool okay he goes on to say if we get more game delays people might have some time to uh, people might have time to maybe replay some older games is there anything you might be looking forward to revisiting so for me I just did my big revisit on Horizon Zero Dawn, so yeah, you did. I'm good for now. <clears throat> um, I I I was considering restarting Control and okay. then working into the DLC instead of um, jumping into the DLC, but I, you mm-hmm. know, I don't know that I have to. I don't have the time like a lot of people do. Right. So for me, instead of revisiting games, um, I'm answering your question not the way you want it, Donnie, but. I'm look. I'm playing games. I mean, Mass Effect Andromeda, I guess, will be the game. I'm not giving up on it. Um, but I started near Automata because it just hit Game Pass, mm-hmm. and I am in love with that game. That game is so good. So I can't wait to keep playing that game. So that's really what I'm going to be focusing on. Um, I'm I'm also uh, looking to continue or start over, like because because Kyle got the Division Two on PlayStation, which means I can download it on PlayStation and I finished the division one completely on PlayStation solo. So oh. I have a lot of, um, carryover that I'll get some extra like equipment and stuff for playing mm-hmm. it on, on that console. So I might just download it on my PlayStation four and restart the division because I feel like I gave up on that game a little too early i put a lot of hours into it on the xbox but not as Mm -hmm. much as you and not like it got a little too same e for me so i kind of stopped playing yeah Um, but i might i might want to revisit that yeah it is pretty samey um we actually have like all we don't have warlords of new york the newest expansion but we have all the other dlc on playstation 2 because it was like an extra three dollars because i got it it was on sale for like three bucks (laughs) so i was like well here we go anyway um Okay, so for me, revisiting, the one game I've thought about going back to uh, and playing again is God of War. Nice, yep. Um, I just, I haven't pulled the trigger on it yet. I never got the platinum in that game, and that's something I would like to do, but I know those Valkyrie fights are really hard, um, and I'm old and I'm bad, so I don't know if I can do it, but I would like to try at least. Um, Can I ask you another question, though, similar to this? Yeah. Uh, What is one game that is on your backlog you've never played that you'd like to, if time allows? Oh... Um, I mean, there's a lot of PSVR games I want to play. Mm-hmm. Moss. Mm, that's a good one. Uh, uh, Ast- uh Rescue Bot? Astrobot? Yep, Astrobot Rescue Mission. Um, Super Hot in VR. I mean, that's, I mean, oh, there's a lot of VR games I want to play. Um, there's definitely, I think if I looked at my Xbox 
downloaded games. There's probably a bunch I just can't think of that mm-hmm. I would want to start fresh. Same with PlayStation. I know there's some games um, that I need to, but nothing, nothing so important that it's on the top of my mind, like that I know I need to go play. Right. You? I think, and this kind of is cheating for this because I did play it for a little bit, but it was so short. Uh, I kind of want to go back and play The Witcher 3. Which I know is like the cool thing you were supposed to do back in like December. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I really was not a huge fan of that game, and I know I'm in the minority and that I didn't like it that much. But I don't know. I've been having so much fun going back into the Division Two, um, and just kind of hanging out with that and doing that thing. That I think maybe the time is right and it's a good fit for me right now to to try to do that once I have finished. Division two, oh, but you know, Final Fantasy seven is coming out this week, yeah. and we have the, and we have that, so yeah. <laughs> that's probably the next thing I will be playing. But yeah, so I considered I Resident Evil three, but I didn't realize it was sixty dollars. Yeah, and then I was like, did we pay sixty dollars for Resident Evil two? Maybe I should yep. play that one. That's in my backlog. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah. So no, I had I have a very good friend who's very into Resident Evil, and he got Resident Evil three. And he, he he took he took Friday off of work to play it, and he beat it before the workday was over. <laughs> oh boy! Which I'm not saying that dollar like hours equals dollar value at all. But then he jumped into the multiplayer, and it was super buggy and super laggy and great. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, anyway, I know that game is uh, definitely not getting the stellar reviews. And dude, with these delays, our Metaspring contest. It's gonna look pretty different. We'll have to make it up to our listeners somehow. Yeah, we'll 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 we'll. I'm looking at what we're gonna do for that, so we'll figure something out. We're we're not gonna cancel it by any means because we, but we'll we'll see what we're gonna do with it because it's definitely pretty. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, it's 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 in it's in rough shape right now. So, well, the world is in rough shape. So, people, chill out. <laughs> Kidding. <clears throat> okay, so coach. I decided to antagonize Donnie and jumps in on Donnie's questions to ask us. Uh, following up Donnie's question, Coach Hulk at Coach Hulk says, and more importantly, with lower tier games uh, like The Last of Us 2 being delayed, do you think mega amazing perfect games like Madden will be affected? So I guess, have we seen a perfect Madden? Because I can't think of one. <laughs> so maybe i i feel like the mega amazing perfect game like madden has already indefinitely been delayed because it's never come out we're just we're still waiting on that (laughs) wow wow Uh, yes coach i think madden will also be affected i think every game is going to be affected in some way that doesn't necessarily mean that um madden will be delayed because how hard is it to update a roster on a game and still put it out. Uh, <laughs> but we might not get any new mechanics or or they might not be focusing on uh, enhancing the run game like they have in the past. Um, uh, we might not get the awesome uh, Madden story mode that comes with Madden, um, which I, gen- I, I sincerely mean that. Um, so I don't, I don't know what the future holds for Madden. I don't know what the future holds for the NFL. So yeah, be it. there's no reason yeah. to rush out of Madden if the NFL is not coming out, if is not coming out, is not uh, happening. A perfect time for Tom Brady to leave the Patriots. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, if anyone wants to blame anyone, you can blame Tom Brady for that. 
for the yeah, pandemic. I do think, <laughs> yeah, I do think there's a good chance that, you know, games like Madden and other games maybe in fall, maybe they don't get delayed, but maybe they're not quite as feature rich as they were intended to be. Yeah. Uh, that they recognize that because of the constraints of working from home, that they're not going to be able to do X, Y, and Z. So it just gets cut. Um, I think, yeah, I don't, I don't know that Madden will be delayed because maybe just like other sporting events are doing right now, all of the NFL's games will just be simulated in Madden. And that's what we'll be watching on Sundays is simulations of Madden. Um, How but, funny would it be to play Madden? You play the game, but the stadiums are empty. Right. <laughs> so right. you're playing Madden and <laughs> there's no crowd noise. And there's <laughs> no announcers. All you just hear is the player audio on the field. Player, yeah. But everyone has to oh. stay six feet away from each other. <laughs> oh, man. It'd be a field day. Just have flags that stick out six feet away from each player. <laughs> so, and once you hit the flag, they're just yeah. down. Yeah, just oh man, a, like a Radio Shack <laughs> dinger goes off, ding. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I do. Yeah, like I said, I don't think, I think there's going to be impacts. I think the impacts maybe won't be as noticeable as the delay, but I, I do think that most games, at least over the next year, I would even say, uh, I think are probably going to have to have some compromises made or something didn't happen that they would have liked to, um, just because of the uncertainty of right now. And yeah. that could even just include because of budgets, right? Budgets can't stay the same. So, yep. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to move towards wrapping the show up and we're going to do our well-rounded life recommendation. Obviously, we are a gaming podcast, but we want to give you one recommendation, suggestion, or thing we are currently into that is helping us live that well-rounded life. Josh, what is your recommendation for our listeners? Hey, Nailed It Season 4 is out. I'm so excited. Uh, it's just as awesome as every other season. Um, so it's my job to let you know if you aren't watching Nailed It, you should start watching it. It's on Netflix. And if you have been watching it, now you know season four is out. It came out on April 1st. So make sure you watch that show. It is such a joy. So watch that show. Uh, I was going to... I watched Puka Lives last night. Um the on hulu it's part of their after dark series i didn't realize it was a sequel <clears throat> there was uh, this one has felicia day will wheaton as a little bit cameo in it and jonah um jonah ray um uh not not realizing it was a sequel i probably would have watched the first one first <laughs> i don't know that it's important to the story uh, but it was just a bad movie so my also recommendation for a while on life is skip puka lives <laughs> Even if you like Felicia Day and Jonah Ray, uh, like I do, I love them. Uh, go watch Mystery Science Theater uh, instead. Uh, they're both on that. <laughs> Excellent. All right. My recommendation is actually a movie I watched last week, but we, you know, it was Tiger King week, as it is, like, I think every week right <laughs> every now. Every week is Tiger King week. <laughs> every week is Tiger King week. Uh, but it was a movie that came out in 2019 that I finally watched. It is on Hulu. Uh, and that movie is Booksmart. Uh, books. I mean, the easy way to put it, it is a coming of age comedy. That is what the movie is. But it is one of the best coming of age comedies I have ever seen personally. I absolutely adore this movie. Uh, Caitlin Deaver is in it. Uh, Beanie Feldstein is in it. Uh, Jessica Williams is in it. It's just a really funny, lighthearted, but still tackling deep, serious things that all of us experienced when we were becoming older and graduating from high school and going into college and trying to figure out who we were as a person and do we make the right decisions and is everything we've done worth it? Um, and it just really examines all of those things in a both meaningful 
and deep way, but with some absolutely hilarious moments. I uh, can't recommend it enough. I laughed harder than I have in some time watching this movie. Uh, that's Booksmart. It is on Hulu currently, so be sure to check it out. Josh, what do you say we wrap this show up? Let's do it. Thanks for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board with Fiji, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Board with Fiji. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form or you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to email us at boardwithfiji at gmail.com. We tag our stuff with hashtag boardwithfiji. So please feel free to do the same so we can see what you're up to. Uh, especially now, let us know what you're playing, or if you want recommendations, um, hit us up with that at tag. And whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is, whether you're downloading us from the PSVG feed, the Dice Tower Network feed, or our very own standalone Board with Video Games feed. You can find me on Xbox Live and PlayStation Network at Why So Serious. That's S I R R I U S. My switch code is in the wild. Find me. Come to my island at Animal Crossing. You can fish. Kyle, where can people find you? Did you know you can fish in Minecraft too? Yeah, that's not the same. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, you can find me on all the usual places. Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at Psychocross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming.